Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. We're hoping Michaela Perkins will be able to join us before too long. And on this episode, we're wrapping up a series loss to the New York Mets in New York. A pretty ugly one for the Colorado Rockies in a number of ways. We'll get into that. We will be talking about, I hope we'll have time to go frame by frame, second by second, and talk about that uh, Cubs-Pirates play that may be the single worst play on any baseball diamond I've ever seen. And I coached two years of, like, under-12 Little League. Like, that was – we'll talk about it. <laughs> I don't think anything beats Ruben Rivera's base running when he was with the Giants. But as far as oh, – but that was a base runner. Defensively. Right. Defensive play. Wow. Yes, we will break that down. Oh. Might have been one of the worst. But, uh, Patrick, as, as somebody said to me as that was happening today on Twitter, you said they said, uh, you know, uh, the Rockies, uh, at least they're not that dumb. They're just bad. And I said, fair, you know what? Fair enough. Uh, went out there, uh, got some good starting pitching in the series. Feels like you can write this script, and, and we could have, and, and in fact, I think did in our pre- series preview before this happened, right? You're going to get good starting pitching out on the road. You're not going to get any offense and the bullpen's just been bad all year, no matter where you are. And that's kind of, that's how this series went. They got good starting pitching. Uh, The offense just could not find anything resembling a rally or a a rhythm could not get uh, the, any kind of run scoring score two runs in the double header here today. Really that last one was kind of a a token run. You, You get the, advanced runner on the defensive indifference as part of it so that's kind of like even that one's a little bit suspect they really scored one run in 14 innings today uh and it just hangover effect that we've talked about a million times on top of not being a very good deep offense and your star players not playing like stars quite yet other than maybe ryan mcmahon but just tough to watch these at bats all series yeah this is gearing up and, and projecting to be the worst road offense in franchise history by a lot of the different metrics. Uh, I, I, we could get into it, um, but, but man, we, we know the Rockies you know, suffer from a, a disadvantage that not all other teams do, right? There's a Coors Field hangover effect, and so there's always going to be major splits between home and road. Um, but even if you go ahead and compare that to what the rest of the franchise has, has done in the past, this is going down as as one of the worst, and they're they're in jeopardy of of having the worst uh, win percentage from a, a Rockies franchise. I think twenty one wins uh, was uh, their their previous uh, low, and not including the the shortened season last year back in in twenty fourteen. And so they're going to have to play four fifty baseball the rest of the way on the road. That's pretty pretty darn close to to five hundred, but they're going to play four fifty the rest of the way if they're going to. Uh, up in the apple cart as, as it were. And, and I don't think they're going to get there, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. I also don't really care that much. You know, this whole road thing. It's just like, look, it is what it is. The, the, 
we, we always talked about it. It's a problem that's been there even yeah. for good teams. So it only gets exacerbated when you make the team worse. So, uh, you know, it, it's not really much of a surprise. I do think they'll have their run where they're a bit better. And, you know, they got an opportunity to go in and win three games in Pittsburgh uh, with, with one of the few teams we were talking about before coming on and we'll get back to who's actually worse uh, than the Colorado Rockies. But, and we also know it doesn't go that way either. They're, they're not going to lose every single game just because they're bad. It's not how baseball works. So, you know, we'll see where they get. They've, they've also got a shot. I mean, and not just in Rockies history. Like, look, they got a shot to be the worst road team in baseball history. Uh, the 13 True. is is the number to beat. 13 wins on the road. They're at three right now. That was the 1935. Atlanta. Uh, was it? Yeah. Was it Atlanta? Or was it? Okay. Yeah. This is like, okay. Well, yeah, it would have been Boston at that time. See, that's what I I, I stopped because I was about to say that. Then I went, no, 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 Boston. So Boston (laughs) Braves? They were still still Boston at the time. Yeah. Potentially Boston Bean Eaters. Uh, I I think they switched over uh, to the Braves by that point. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at the win percentage, too, that was even the worst because they didn't didn't even play 81 games on on the road that year. And and run differential-wise, I think the worst is – Minus two oh nine. Uh, again, these aren't these aren't DraftKings uh, lines here that we're saying right. when we say minus two oh nine. But that was the Pirates in twenty ten. Recently, mm-hmm. recently the Pittsburgh Pirates were at minus two oh nine, and I, I did the math right now. Their run differential is minus fifty eight on the road for twenty one games. You extrapolate or interpolate depending on which front office member of this organization you ask. Uh, that comes out to be minus two oh four. So. Hey, they've got a chance to break a lot of records this year. Uh, yeah, we can uh, say a lot, that a lot of on pace for stuff. Still, still, again, a bit early for me with the with the on pace for stuff. But it will be fascinating to see if if they get to like historic levels of road awfulness. Uh, I've talked about before, you know, with an inexperienced teams, the, the course field hangover effect is something you have to learn. Even for veteran hitters, it's something you have to learn and. You know, some of these guys, I think, will get the hang of it. Some of them really won't. You know, we, we've talked about the flip sides of arguments, and you just brought up run differential. Those who remember, and I, and I to this day, you know, just kind of roll my eyes when people bring up run differential against the Rockies in 2018 because they were so predictably that. And I felt like they were the better team in almost all the close games that they won, specifically because they were more sound starting pitching, defense, offense, and in the bullpen. Now we've got this flip side where the Rockies keep losing close games. And you could look at this series and go, well, run differential. You know, they were really right there in all of them. They didn't get smoked. It's been a thing throughout the year. Their, their overall run differential is actually okay. But it's like, I'm not going to do the flip side on the other thing and go, well, look at the run differential. They're actually better than you think. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're <laughs> yeah. exactly as bad as you think. They're predictably losing close games because of the way they're constructed. Because they have very good starting pitching, which is going to stop you from getting blown out too often. But the bullpen and the offense just aren't there, which is going to prevent you from winning games hardly ever. And so these are exactly the kinds of baseball games you should expect to see the Rockies play and lose. Uh, Just like a couple of years ago, they were exactly the kinds of baseball games you could expect to see them play and win. Right. Yeah, With I I was – I was a little off with my calculations. They'd have a 310 winning percentage uh, to 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 at least tie that 2014 team. But okay. but but the maybe the bigger takeaway, yeah, very doable. Okay, um, <laughs> but but the bigger <laughs> takeaway with with all of that in the bigger picture. And again, we know 
they're still going to play those games. They're, these games are on the schedule. They're going to play them. We'll deal with each one as they come along. But bottom line is if they continue to be this bad on the road, they have to be that much better at home in order to avoid that 100 loss season, which it very well seems that they are uh, definitely headed for. For sure. Def- definitely for sure. All right. I'll hold you to that. I'll clip that one. Definitely for they're sure. Headed, they're losses. headed there. I mean, okay. <laughs> Just imagine. Imagine. I mean, again, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Plenty of, plenty of season left on pace four, and they have been very good at home. So neither one of those things. I, I imagine it balances out a little bit. That they'll get a little bit better out on the road. They probably won't keep being quite as good as they've been at home, but we'll see. Um, you know, for, for now, um, uh, again, far more invested in each one of the individual stories as the season goes along. It's been pretty fascinating to uh, see the ups and downs of, of each individual player that it's been like completely independent of team success. Right. You, you've seen what Josh Fuentes at the terrible Joshua, excuse Who? me. I'll, I'll oh, get okay. it. Yes. Right. I've heard of him. I got, I, mm, I got I that it. guy. I'll get, I'll, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Well, if Joshua. you talk about individual performances and you're talking about record setting performances, we got Herman Marquez. Who had a 700 well, yeah. strikeout? Yeah, sure did. Who, who, you know, was was a king uh, in in many ways. Um, he's also in, he's also in first uh, with complete games. I don't know if you if you noticed that, but he has two shortened complete games, both against the Mets too. Big old honking asterisk. How about that? Stuff. A seven inning complete game and a six inning complete game because this was on the road and the Mets were were leading, but he got a 700 strikeout, so he's now. Uh, only the sixth man to do it with the Rockies. Uh, help me out. Jorge De La Rosa, Pedro Stasio, Ubaldo Jimenez, John Gray, and Pedro Stasio. So you sent out the tweet, but got them all. I think I got them all. Yep. And uh, he's he's all so he's the fastest to do it as well. Again, if you if you look at yep. appearances and starts, and also breaks the record of his hero growing up, uh, Felix Hernandez, the King. Um, in, in, in I think he had 700 strikeouts career up through this many starts in his career and yeah. Marquez 702 so the most ever this early so props to him for Herman Marquez doing those things still at only 26 years old yeah uh you, you know <laughs> if he hadn't made that one mistake pitch they might still out there, be out there playing game one because nobody was scoring in that thing but uh yeah that's um r- really you know, big stuff. We came into the season looking forward to it, him coming up on these milestones with the strikeouts. And um, you never know about the complete games. And those are both very strange, <laughs> especially to do it in six innings. <laughs> it's just like the weirdest. Yeah, that's considered still a complete game. But yeah. when Madison Bumgarner goes out, yes. does not give up a hit. So there are yeah. no hits in the game. That's not a no hitter. I don't think Marquez is a complete game. Uh, I guess huh. I don't consider what Herman Marquez did today to be a complete game, but <laughs> they either both have to be treated the same or, or, totally. or not. Well, that's it. Yeah. So yeah. that, that is a strange one to see Marquez at the top of the leaderboard for throwing 13 innings, not 18, but 13, <laughs> 13 innings. All right. Uh, well, it does look like we've got Michaela Perkins ready to join us on the show. So we will toast. We will bring her in with a toast. And a Mac attack. I'm drinking the Hot Peak IPA on this day. I got some Celsius. We actually just got two new uh, 15 can samplers. Mac, what's happening? Hello, what's up, guys? What are you guys talking about? Anything interesting? <laughs> 
Uh, well, that depends on what you're interested <laughs> by and, and how you define interesting. Uh, We're talking about the impact on uh, sleeping in a hotel, hotel bedroom, and then the impact it has on your bat the next day uh, in a major league game. And we're, we're figuring out that maybe the Rockies traveling secretary is uh, is maybe booking them in the wrong hotels. That, that's the only logical explanation for this right now. Right. Yeah, of course. It <laughs> definitely is the travel secretary's fault, <laughs> who also happens to be um, one of their analytics department persons and uh, is pulling double duty in the front office. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually Joshua Fuentes. He, he's doing all yes. of those things. He does all of it. And it's Joshua Fuentes. Might get stressed out at the end of the day after doing all that. So then he might want to head over to our friends at Solace Meds. Get a little unstressed. Get some of the finest herb you're going to find anywhere in the state of Colorado. They got four convenient locations for you. One in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. So if you're headed down for some Nuggets or Avs playoff action, you're taking in your Rockies afternoon doubleheader, morning afternoon doubleheader, you know, your standard stuff, then you can swing on by Solace Meds right afterwards. Use promo code DNVR20 at checkout. Uh, they'll hook you up with all kinds of fantastic promos. They got uh, 20% off mile high extractions. Uh, they got all kinds of, they got gummies. They got some of the best herb you've ever seen in your life. So you'll get 20% off your purchase with that promo code DMBR20 at checkout with our friend Solace Meds. And uh, you, you might need some of that, Mac. We were talking about that, not only with none of the, the scoring for the Rockies at this, but there was a moment there. Where I think everyone was reaching for their Solace medication for about 15 minutes when all we knew was that Trevor Story, not in the game. Then, no, we're leaving. I'm look. I waited. I don't like leaving people on that for too long, and I don't like tweeting that initial news because everybody does what I saw everybody do and does, goes to the worst possible conclusions. Either he's dead or he's traded. It's just. Yeah, like, I don't think the dead part yeah. necessarily. Uh, dead <laughs> guy's gone. He's never playing again. Last time Trevor Story went out on the road, there was a massive overreaction from. Well, I won't say the names, but yes. Uh, so we we're hearing now they're saying it's precautionary arm tightness got a, a little bit of extra information uh, coming out afterwards we saw it first from Daniel Allen Tuck uh, Danielle Allen Tuck of the Gazette uh, saying you know around the elbow uh, situation for Trevor story and uh, that there it's day to day the the main issue is they're worried about you know the throwing tightness that they are trying to be Cautionary, but around the elbow, like arm tightness, one thing like, oh, he's got a, like a, a little muscle thing in his arm. Oh, okay, whatever. When I when I read the word elbow, I inhaled a bit deeper there for a for a minute. But again, that we have almost no information about this. So even even when it's not a pitcher, you just you instinctively get a yeah. little worried. He had something similar uh, to this, and again. We don't know how similar, but he did have some elbow inflammation uh, down the stretch in 2018. If you remember, uh, I think he, they were going to L.A. around that point uh, late in the year, which came at a very bad time. And and now, you know, this does this come at a bad time? Look, if he can if he can get himself healthy and, and back on the field, I don't think you know a couple games against some some light pirate pitching is going to impact you know his potential trade value for the Rockies. So. As long as he's healthy, I mean, shoot, we even saw Josh Donaldson a couple of years ago get traded, and he was 
I think he, they had to activate him even though he was still hurt and he didn't play in any games just in order to, to trade him to Cleveland at that point um, because it was like, yeah, he's not healthy now before the trade deadline, but we'll take him for you know the, the remaining parts of the season in which he is healthy. So that doesn't matter that, that whether or not he, he rakes in Pittsburgh at PNC Park uh, won't really have too much implication on his, his potential trade value going forward. I, my heart stopped. I, <laughs> I wanted to cry in that moment. I was like, this is it. This is when Trevor Story gets traded. This is when everything is going to go more downhill than it already has. You thought we were at rock bottom. Not yet. Now this is rock bottom. Um, you know, obviously I feel horrible that he's injured. You never want to see that, especially with, with someone like Trevor. So it's definitely unfortunate, but I'm glad he is not <laughs> getting traded. It's kind of like the, the worst of the two situations. Um, but you hate to see stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big yeah moment for everybody because it, it's just not good. Uh, you, you know, and he, I know there are a lot of people who, uh, you know, are ready for him to be traded. And if, you know, if there was a good package and he's getting traded right now, the Rockies did come out and say, you know, they're not going to do that. Uh, before the all-star game, uh, according to our, our friend Patrick Saunders at the, the Denver post, but. It, what do we think of that? Is, is that, a, again, is that focusing too much on the PR side of it? Or, you know, again, the sooner you, you offload him, the longer he spends time on that other team and therefore the, the larger the package it's not necessarily true, though. Uh, there are just many people who believe the closer Why would you get they to pay the more deadline, for less time? because the closer you get to the deadline, the more desperate teams become to get better. The more they know about themselves, the more they're ready to say, OK, we're going all in. That's true. We have to do it right now. That's why typically trades don't happen until right up to the deadline. Teams are still assessing all those things about themselves. So it's not necessarily the case. It depends on the specific situation, whether you'll get more or less for him so you know i don't know that they've made it an official like stance that they're not going to do that right, or and they it's just something that they right. heard um that they're probably not going to do but ultimately trading him around the deadline seems like the best thing to do anyway because that's when the most teams are the most active and know most about what they have what they want and are the most desperate when you can play teams against each other and say, okay, you know, you're calling me about Trevor's story because you want him right now. But, you know, the uh, the White Sox are on or the Mets. If someone gets yeah, – keep, keep, keep having injuries, they move Lindor over to second for a minute. They have story right out as shortstop for the rest of the year. There are a lot of teams that it could enter into the mix uh, who maybe right now aren't sure whether or not it makes sense for them. So it really could go either way. I'm, I'm just fine with it. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and you're right. I, I think that's that's kind of been my case is is almost hoping for you know some contender out there to maybe have some shortstop issues. I mean, you saw the the Brewers in the past week trade for William Adams from the Rays uh, to kind of fix up their their shortstop situation. It still doesn't rule out them possibly going after Trevor Story, but to to basically publicly say, hey, we're not going to trade this guy beforehand. Well, what if you what if someone you know tries to, to blow your doors off? Now you've just kind of put your foot in your mouth and you yeah, you should accept this deal because you know you might not get something better. Again, if it really is blowing the doors off, you got to accept it. And now you it. just – Then you go, well, hey, no one – Lied to your fans. No one That's went on record. No, 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 no. No one's on record. Said nobody lied to anybody because Denver Post reported uh, an anonymous source. No, that's – 
but it doesn't doesn't shock me that the, the Rockies would kind of play it that way and and not you know leave the door open um, to to someone uh, you know making the best possible I, offer. I out seriously there. doubt the door is closed down at Twentieth and Blake. They'll, they're listening to offers. That, if that's great, calling, but. and that is great. That is that is good to hear. I, I don't know why they would say otherwise, but I, I do hope that you're right for sure. Well, because of exactly what Michaela just said. They don't want people freaking out that he's going to get traded right before the All-Star game either. Like, people want to go and see their guy in the game. So I think he's trying to have his cake and eat it too on that. But that's why I just don't that's the problem, care right? about yeah. PR talk. No, I don't see it as a problem at all. I see it as standard PR business. Uh, I care about what they actually do. So... Um, whether they get around to, to trading Trevor Story or even trying to extend him or, or run with it and take the draft pick and spend the money, like there's a lot of different ways that can go and, and be done well. I'm not. That's the problem with getting married to or attached to one singular outcome is the only way to go. Um, like, eh, we'll see which how they play it more than what they do. But um, yeah, Shana, if they trade him before the All Star game, and cry a lot. Yeah, like it just it's it's. Uh, it's tough to take right after the Nolan stuff too. It's, it's too many hits in a row. I think for Rockies fans to stomach it, even if it is, you know, in, in some view, the smart business decision. Well, we'll see, but <laughs> we all got divorced this season <laughs> straight up. So it's a little raw out there, a little raw, but um, all right, let's, let's talk about this. We, we can get back to the Rockies in just a second, Mac, but I got to see, did you, okay, did you see, do we have that thing? Where's the, where's the graphic for the, did you see? Cause my goodness gracious, did you see this Chicago Cubs Pittsburgh Pirates play? I think it is the worst defensive play I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite even sure what happened. I was trying to think of like how I would score that on a scorecard and I, I logically couldn't work through it because I was just oh, so mind blown about what just happened. I think like he stole home and scored a run by stealing a base. And then I'm pretty sure there was like two errors in there somewhere. It was a mess. I don't know what happened. It was so bad. It looks like T-ball hour out there on the diamond. They were I mean, holy cow. I have never seen anything like that in Major League Baseball. I'm not sure. I genuinely don't know what happened. If it was a communication error or just like I, mental, I don't know. It was so what's, bad. What's funny is that if you're keeping score, it was actually just E2. That's, That's it? the crazy thing. Yes. <laughs> because So now again, when you see E2, no. what that makes you think of really? is That's Javier cool. Baez. So so we'll we'll play it down. We'll I'll, I'll explain how it looks in the scorebook, and then we'll I, talk about what then, actually did happen. I'm gonna go frame by frame on this dumbass thing. So the yeah, scoring play was e two, and it makes you think, right. okay, Javier Baez laid a bunt down there with a runner on second base, uh, picked the ball up, threw to the first baseman, and airmailed it, threw it over his head, and that's how Javier Baez scores. got to second, and how the runner scores. Makes and you sense. go that happens, but what actually happened was the ball was not bunted or hit to the catcher. Uh, it was hit to the first baseman, picked it up, walked Javier Baez back to home plate. And I, I, I want to get this guy's name right because it, it wasn't Josh something, Bell because we know he got traded to Craig. Yeah, um, I didn't want to. Will Craig. Yeah, I think he's a rookie. Will Craig. So oh, runs boy. Javier Baez back to home plate as you do. No, you don't do that. And at a certain point, the runner from second base was coming around to score. There's two outs in the innings, mind you, two outs. And instead of 
tagging Baez or even turning around and walking back to first base. He throws it to the catcher and the runner is safe. Then the catcher throws it over the first baseman's head or, or the covering second baseman. So, okay, look. There were two right. outs. All he had okay. to, it doesn't matter yeah. if the guy. It doesn't it, matter if the bases were loaded and all three guys. All three of them and run and touch, and we're still standing there on home. Exactly. Plate. You go. All and they had hang to out do, in the dugout, touch first base, and then all they had to do was get to first base before Javi Baez did. The number of mistakes that had to be lined up in sequential order for this to happen absolutely blows my mind. Because as Patrick said. As the second now, it it really, really does tickle me the number of people who were running with like, wow, Javi Baez, as <laughs> as th- though that was the takeaway from this play. Because every once in a while, if you watch as much baseball as we all do, you probably see this once or twice a year where a guy, and it's usually when there's like a runner on third and there's one out and, and there's a ground ball hit on the infield and then, the, the, you know, this kind of starts to happen. And they'll run the guy back. There's there's a reason to stop running to first base. You don't see it very often, but every once in a while, you'll see a runner do what Javi Baez did, which was a little bit smart, but with two outs, 99.99% of the time, that's not going to result in anything. The first baseman just has to turn around and tag first. It doesn't matter. But what's wild was they had several opportunities to make it right. Like you said, they they run them back there, but then even as he slides in, you can still just tag Baez, you can run back to the, you can race him back to the bag. Where's the second baseman? Why is he not standing on first base? Is he playing free safety at this particular moment in the play? What is he covering? There's nobody else anywhere in play. And the second baseman is late getting over. The catcher standing there like, why do I have the baseball right now? What possible reason could you have to have thrown me the bait? That was, I have, I, that was absolutely wild. Um, <laughs> like because again, there's no, if there's one out, it's a bad play because the play's right in front of you. You've got to see the guy coming home and the cardinal rule in any rundown is what? Don't let the guy advance. You can't let the lead runner advance. The play's right in front of you. And it's even that much worse when it's home plate. So you've got to get the catcher the ball. If you think there's one out, just get the catcher the ball immediately. No questions asked. But with two outs, that was the dumbest thing. I think that was the dumbest thing I've ever seen on the baseball diamond. And remember, I've been watching the Colorado Rockies very closely for most of my life. The Christian Friedrich, Mike McHenry overthrow, the the wild pitch that led to three runs scoring, including one first base. That's how that happens. No but I think, I think Drew, you and I, done. you and I probably haven't seen a play as silly as that because we typically only watch Major League Baseball and, and some minor <laughs> leagues. But, but Michaela, you would have probably seen something similar to this back in your in your high school days when when you were a manager on on your team. I imagine what was Not the closest thing? What's Not the closest you've bad. ever seen to something like that? There's Anything? nothing that comes close to oh, that. All they had God. to do was touch first base. They literally just had to get one more out and they did not manage to get the out. I've never, literally I've never seen anything like it in my life. I've high schoolers can play better defensive baseball than that. <laughs> yeah. And typically do. Yeah. I've never, 
I have never in my life. It's all I got for you folks. I just, yeah, like I said, and I think Patrick, you tweeted this out today for, and it's long been the case for however lonely or desperate or angry or hopeless you may feel as a Colorado Rockies fan, you can always look over at the Pittsburgh Pirates and go, at least it ain't that. And they're playing them tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. As, as, as rough as the last three games have been for the Mets and granted, one of them was against Jacob deGrom and, Hey, Marcus Stroman's not so bad at all. As as rough as they've been hitting on the road, uh, especially against a depleted Mets team, you go, still, they're going to Pittsburgh to play the Pirates. This is their chance to win a road series. It's not because of the Rockies. It's because of who they are playing. This is an opportunity. Let's go. Race I for the do not share the positive. Do not. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. The so, Rockies are three and twenty on the road, and they've been outscored a hundred and seventeen to fifty nine. Yeah. They don't do anything when they're on the road, so I don't even I don't even think I can confidently say that they win the series against the Pirates. I have so no they win a game. Do you think they win a game in Pittsburgh? <laughs> yeah, well, Pittsburgh's not that great on at home either because. They're Pittsburgh, but <laughs> sure, I'll give them one. But that's a very hesitant. Sure, I'm just. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised at this point, right? Like they just lost Trevor Story to an injury. We have no idea how long he's going to be out for. Even like the bats went a wall this series. Hardly anybody did anything offensively. So, <sighs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't have any confidence. Sorry. <laughs> she goes no, got nothing. Six game losing streak for the Pirates. Does that do anything for you? <laughs> I just, I mean, like anything can happen in baseball. You watch a game and it's never, it's right. not the same game that you've ever seen before. It's always different. So, oh God, it makes me so nervous. If it was at home, I would feel a lot more comfortable. If it was at Coors Field, I would say right. there's definitely a better chance that they're going to sweep this series. But the fact that it's just on the road and the Rockies have been horrendous on the road this year. Yeah. It's I did not realize that Tyler Anderson was on the mound during that play. So right. you, you love to see the, the Rockies connection still can't totally get away from the worst play of all time. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel obviously everything that Michaela is saying makes total sense, but I, I do, I do think the Rockies go in and get their first road series victory. Um, I, again, I think the the Mets are actually, despite the fact that they're hurt, their pitching is ridiculously good. Pitching is um, very good. And the Pirates just isn't. It's the second series on the road, so they're a little bit further away from the thing. There's varying arguments about whether or not the hangover effect gets further away from you the longer you're on the road. I, I don't know about that one. But, again, I think just it's it's a better hitting environment. New York is, is a very difficult hitting environment. So I think we'll see a livelier offense. It still largely, though, does come down to, like, the, the bullpen is the thing is we've basically seen like if the Rockies starter doesn't go eight innings in a normal game or or six, I guess, in, in, in the Marquez, all but one of the available innings for them to pitch, then because uh, they're just, yeah, it's just rough out there. But I'll, I'll go ahead and predict the, the first Rockies road series win. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I had when we did more likely, and 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 I figured this was their shot to to possibly do it. And even 
you know, not, not doing as well as, as they, uh, they did there in New York. You, you still got to like their odds again, consider, right. consider the opponent for sure. So we got a, a few other things to discuss here about these Colorado Rockies. One guy out there who I'm going to go ahead and assume some things. I'm going to assume that he's manscaped, but I know he knows how to manscape to baseball. That's the smooth faced masher of baseballs, Ryan McMahon. We're going to talk about him in just a second. But before that, got to let you all know about our friends at Manscaped. Lawnmower 4.0 out there getting you nice and trimmed up smoother than you've ever been in your life, smelling better than you've ever smelt in your life, feeling better than you've ever felt in your life, and being felt better than you've ever been felt in your life. You got to get Manscaped, fellas. It's 2021, way past time to get it done. You don't want to be the last guy out there not having your situation taken care of. Use promo code DMVR at manscaped.com. You'll get 20% off plus free shipping. Get that lawnmower, get the spritzer, get the deodorant, get the most comfortable pair of boxers you've ever worn in your life, and use promo code DMVR to get 20% off plus free shipping. And while you're feeling good, because once you're all feeling good and, and like the best version of yourself because you're nice and manscaped, that's when it's time to hit the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Start making a little bit of extra money for your wallets, feeling a little extra fun for your game. Whether you're betting NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, maybe you're looking across the pond, still betting KBO. I think you can still probably do that. I haven't checked, actually, if you can still do KBO. That was, that was so much fun. I miss betting on the KBO. Uh, of course, you know, with the baseball games, your Colorado Rockies, you can be taking overs and unders on total runs scored in the game, strikeouts for starting pitchers, who's going to get a hit and who isn't, who's going to get a home run and who isn't, and uh, maybe even just, you know, who's going to win the baseball game. I seem to almost always forget about that one. Betting at DraftKings Sportsbook is a whole lot of fun. And sometimes it can make you a little bit of extra money, especially when you take advantage of the promos like the one they got going on right now. If you're you new, you got to use promo code DNVR to sign up and turn $5 into $200 in free credits when you bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If you do, you claim $200 again in free credits just from a $5 laydown. Any of those basketball teams, just pick one to win. Use promo code DNVR for a limited time only. A DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Oh, Patrick, you're muted. We this weekend, we got the big Champions League final coming mm-hmm. up. Two British clubs, two uh, clubs of uh, the EPL, Manchester City and Chelsea. So it certainly lacks a little bit of that international flair when the two teams are you know, typically play each other during the season uh, twice. But Manchester City, you know, they won the EPL this last year. They're third in the last four years. That being said, it's not going to offer you a lot of money. And, you know, I like some of the long shots. Maybe it's why I cover the Rockies. But nevertheless... <laughs> Go with Chelsea. Uh, again, it's plus 360 there. Go mm-hmm. go with them. And if you're looking to get a little action in on the goals, Sergio Aguero, four, plus 480 on the first or last goal. And if you really want the American flair to it, Christian Pulisic uh, for Chelsea, plus 1,000 on that. So even if you're only throwing a buck down, you're going to have some big payouts, and you're going to enjoy that game. And you're going to become uh, a fan of Chelsea and, and not root for the big dog, not root for the team that's got all the money and that has – 
become the LA Dodgers of the English Premier League in Manchester City. So that's my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Chelsea plus 360 and Christian Pulisic with either the last or first goal in the Champions League final plus 1,000. Love it. Love it. Making the people some money out there. I'm going to have to tune in now. It is, it'd be like if we held a worldwide all the baseball teams tournament and then it came down to the Yankees and the Red Sox. And you'd be like, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man City and Chelsea. The Okay. Used to be a Chelsea guy, so I'll, I'll roll with it. But all right. Uh, now, now comes for a new segment that I know we don't have graphics for, but I think we're going to have to make this a regular segment. So I'm calling it Mac on Mac because our Mac ain't going away. Rockies Mac ain't going away. One of the very few bright spots in this series for the Rockies, Michaela uh, doing it with the barehanded plays, doing it with the defense, smashing bombs. Let's get this guy in the all-star game, huh? He definitely deserves to go to the all-star game so far with everything that we've seen this season from Ryback. He looks incredible. Defensively, especially, I really like what I see from him. I mean, his defensive war is just, um, I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but um, I mean, and, and then he comes up in the big situations when you need it, when, when you need a bat in the lineup, he usually is the one that can show up and show out for the team. So I would love to see Ryan Mack in the all-star game. He is one of the few people on the team that actually make me excited to watch the Rockies. Um, and then one of Colorado's three hits came from Ryan McMahon in the first, um, during the first part of his doubleheader. So um, just making, you know, chipping away, making little contributions when he can um, in a team that's just struggling right now. So you'll have to see Ryan Mack doing well. And I think that maybe the biggest surprise for, for those that, you know, really weren't aware of, of Ryan McMahon and, you know, we've been talking about it, Ryan McMahon on the podcast for a few years now. And um, numerous people have reached out to us saying, Hey, you know, especially at the beginning of the season, when it came to their fantasy teams, they're like, is, you know, what's up with Ryan McMahon? Like, yes, this guy is the next star. Um, so I think people maybe had some inkling. And, and again, anytime you're talking about the Colorado Rockies, you're like, okay, this guy is probably going to put up some, some decent offensive numbers, but the bigger element to his game that he's really shown here uh, this season has been his defense, as, as you said, Michaela. And, you know, we, we particularly, we, we've seen a couple of barehanded plays that he's made. That's just been outstanding. Uh, Arenado-esque and that name uh, you know has to be uttered here because that's, what these plays are, are comparable to, we, you know, the, the play that he made on, on Monday night, we, we alluded to it on uh, Wednesday's podcast, or excuse me. Yeah. On Wednesday's podcast, uh, talking with Drew Goodman and the barehanded play, when you see the slow motion, you begin to realize a little bit better how difficult that was because he caught it in his hand. And then as he's throwing it, he, he changed his grip on the baseball all in all in a half a second that as you watch it in normal time, you can't pick that up. So he's, he's doing some fantastic things defensively. And I, I think, you know, when you play for Colorado there, there can be some of those expectations and to know that he really is starting to fill those shoes. Nolan Arenado, we don't know if he'll get there entirely and he doesn't necessarily need to, but you know what, in, in this period of time, the first two months of the season, you go, he's actually filling those shoes pretty darn well. Uh, and for that, yeah, he's he's definitely the favorite, I think, right now to be you know, the Rockies' lone representative in the All-Star game so far. Yeah, I mean, he's been their best all-around player, and there's really no question about it at this point. There was some, you know, obviously early on, it, it, you could just say, hey, hot start. And then he goes through his, 
his cold stretch and you're going, okay, well, he's been there. Story hasn't been the best version of himself, but maybe on, you know, kind of resume and reputation, you're still leaning towards story. But at this point, story just really hasn't broken totally out and gone big. And Ryan McMahon has, has gotten out of his cold stretch and gotten hot again. Had a nice series here in New York when nobody else with the bat was having a nice series. Took Jacob DeGrom deep, as we talked about, with a big swing. So it's like, yeah, I think if if the Rockies do just have one guy in the All-Star game right now, it should be McMahon even over story. Yeah, I totally agree. It's not even a question, in my opinion. I think Ryan Max deserves to go most out of anybody on this roster. Um, he just He's playing such good baseball. It's hard to kind of deny you know, everything that he's contributed to this season so far as a both a defensive player and an offensive player as well. I think we sort of know that he's going to be an, an all-star for the Rockies this year. What we don't know is if he'll be starting third baseman. And that hey. is where hey. everyone watching this and everyone listening to this has a vote. It right. starts a week from today, believe it or not. June 3rd is when you can officially start voting for the All-Star game. And it's now now you no longer have to go to the ballpark and you get those ballots and you have to punch the little chads out and you turn it into an usher. No, you can just go online and vote like 15 times a day per account. It's a little crazy, but you know what? Stuff those ballots, Colorado. Mm. Stuff those ballots and have your guy, the starting third baseman, in the All-Star game in your ballpark and not not the guy in St. Louis, not the cousin, um, the the cardinal cousin. No yeah, thanks. That doesn't sound doesn't sound familiar. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's get it done. Rymac should be the starting all star at third base. You know, especially if he keeps playing like this. So, uh, as Patrick said, get out there, stuff the ballots. It'll put a big smile on all of our faces if that happens. And hey. All of our smiles brought to you by our friends at Green Mountain Dental. Yours should be, too. They're the absolute best damn family-owned dentist in the Denver metro area, located just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver over there in Lakewood. They'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam today. They'll also just treat you like family. Make sure you're nice and comfortable and secure getting your dental work done, feeling good. Whatever you need, they can either do the thing or they can hook you up with someone. You know how the dentistry works. They know the right people. That's what you want to. But they treat you like family. They treat you with respect. And they talk sports with you. Gotta love that. So check them out today at Green Mountain Dental. Um, and yeah, Shana, I think it would be interesting too if they decided like uh, to, to throw them over at second base because there's maybe less competition there. Um I almost, I want the competition though. I kind of revel in it. I'll be like, he's played more third base, right? And with Rogers back, I, I think he's going to be playing less and less second, depending on what happens here with story. We'll see now, uh, as Mac was saying, but it'd be fun to see him start at second. It would be satisfying to see him start at third. <laughs> Very much so. And, yeah, and, do, and is it a little too early to, to think about him being in the home run derby. Oh, now again, he can't, I if he can't it. start at third base and him just being an all-star, you go, that's fantastic. But icing on the cake, you, you got to have one of the Rockies players in the derby McMahon being there. That's uh, I, I like the sound of that. That would be fun. Mm. Yeah. I'd watch that derby for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we're all going to be 
we're probably all going to be watching the Derby, but yeah, <laughs> with with very uh, oh now see now I want to see that. I, I think he'd do well, and I think he's one of those guys who wouldn't like totally screw with his swing either. Where Charlie Blackman's like, don't do it. <laughs> this is with your swing, man. Um, is uh, I, I think he's going to be just fine. I wonder if any. I, I want yeah. No, I was going to say, are there going to be any former Rockies who would enter? The home run derby but no like dj and nolan are entering the home run derby and those are the only guys who are going to be there right lemayhu would not be very <laughs> good um is but, dj going to be an all star this year he should be coming back for the game right we should be able to give him a nice all this talk about the cousin who cares i want to give dj lemayhu a big standing ovation at the all-star game well you, you can Congratulate on being a first-time father uh, as oh. uh, he's back on the paternity list. Uh, he and his wife just had a baby uh, two days ago. So that's that's definitely exciting news for the big fundy. That is. Good for them. Excited for them. Um, all right, Michaela, final thoughts on the series. Like we were saying before you came in, good pitching. Starting pitching, anyway. I <laughs> uh, didn't see a ton of the bullpen. And, uh, you know, just more more of the same. Bad offense, bad bullpen. You know, what it, what, what are your thoughts? Where do you feel? Where, where are you at right now? <laughs> oh, I don't even know where I'm at. Uh, it's hard. I mean, it's a story of our lives. Like, this season has been what you said. Like, it's all about good starting pitching, horrible offense, horrible bullpen. I mean, what was that from Sheffield? He got lit up out there. That was messy. That was so atrocious. So uh, it's frustrating just because I'm so happy with like the rotation and everything that we've seen from them, even through like those little bit of bumps that they had early on. But I just feel like it's it's frustrating because I feel like the starting pitching is just getting wasted. Like they do such an amazing job and then the bullpen comes in and just blows in. It's like, all right, well, great. Like <laughs> it was awesome to watch the starting pitching do wonderful. And then it's just like, you like are such a high, high when you watch the starting pitching and then you just like go to like such a low, low when the bullpen comes in. Like at this point, honestly, anytime anybody from the bullpen comes in, I'm just like, oh God, here we go. I used to have a couple people that I felt pretty good about, but now it's just... Sheffield was one of them. Just a I know, yeah. Weeks ago. yeah. My Vandy and guy. I love the Vandy guys, but whoo, geez, that today. tonight was not good. Yeah, I mean, I think the only person in the bullpen I'm not mad at is Carlos Estevez. So, <laughs> give it a few days because <laughs> right. with relievers, yes. those things. Yes, happen, right. You have to yeah. kind of forgive. You have fans have to forgive. The relievers have to forget. Although I will say, I think this is the most consistently awful receivable. <laughs> I'll agree with that. I'll, I'll, I, yeah, I actually, I'll agree. There's been bigger individual blowups um, during the days of like when Brian Shaw was trying to figure his stuff out, right, and he'd really like collapse and allow like five runs in an inning. And part of that was they were giving him a longer leash than some of these young guys who maybe uh, you don't want Sheffield. Now he might, he might be a part of your future. So maybe don't let him totally ruin his entire life today. Like, right. But right, where yeah. Shaw and, and, and Davis and those guys, because their entire resume came in the eight years before they got to Colorado, they would just let those guys go out. And so I think there were some of those that felt worse but I agree with Michaela's statement that this is as consistently bad as the Rockies bullpen has ever been. 
And that's impressive. That's that's damned impressive. And, and I mean, just like of, as a collective whole, like they're definitely, like yes. you said, like you mentioned some of like horrible, horrible individual performances, but like all together collectively, I think this is the con- most consistent bullpen that I've ever seen, but it's consistently <laughs> bad. <laughs> and, and I felt like going into this year, there was a lot of potential. There was, uh, there was some upside there, you know, between Robert Stevenson and, hey, does Jordan Sheffield kind of uh, do some things and let's see what, what Ben Bowden does. Michael Givens, Carlos Estevez, those guys have had, you know, served some time as as closers. So I thought that the the bullpen was going to be uh, uh, a secret strength of theirs to a degree, and we'll we'll see if that happens at some point. But right now, it is it that is looking like my uh, my worst prediction of the year so far. Yeah, that is just it is brutal out there. Like, and there's still there's potential there, but as you watch it right now, you're just holding your breath at at best. You're just hoping someone can find the strike zone, and if they do, it's not right down. It feels like their two options are way out of the zone, non-competitive walks and wild pitches that are just garbage, or right down the pipe, just. Both, uh, just, yep absolutely yep. I 100 agree it's it's just uh it's so frustrating and like uh i just i don't know you can't like obviously you can't spend money to fix it because <laughs> that's not worked in the past so you know it's just like it i think the situation feels worse because there just doesn't seem to be like a solution to fix it like there's other areas of the Rockies and the Rockies roster where I can look and be like, okay, like if there's just like a minor adjustment here or like a little fix here, or we just like pick up someone out here, like it'll be fine. Like it, it's easy to fix, but like the bullpen just is always been the Rockies kryptonite. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it's not like, I, I think that's why I'm just so frustrated is because like, it's not like a clear fix. Like you, you can't spend $118 million on a bullpen because it doesn't get you anywhere. Um, so, you know, what do you, like, what do you do? And I know that's like not a unique Rockies issue. I know that like the bullpen issue is like a league wide thing where it's, it's, it's a puzzle that every team has to kind of figure out and learn how to strategize around. But, Oh my God, it's horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it really, really is. It's, it's a full sale. It's, it's sort of like, and I, I rarely make football analogies on this show. I've tried to stay away from them over the years because I've, I've known too many baseball writers who can't stop because they know that people in this town enjoy their, their football analogies, but it really is like having an offensive or defensive line, right? Where, uh, you know, a bullpen is kind of like that, where you, if you've got one or two guys who are really great and you put them in just the right spots and they can help make up and maybe you can patchwork things together, you know you need to fix this spot. And that's what talking about. But right now, Rocky, you just have an offensive line where you're just looking across and going, can't none of these guys block nobody and, and you can't win like that. Like there's not one of them who are blocking anybody. And and there's no patchwork. You know, you're 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 hoping – in fact, you're almost certain that in two, if the Rockies have a quick rebuild, a best case scenario, by 2023, they're actually pretty good somehow. Quick rebound situation. Are any of these relievers still on the team? Any of them? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, partially One because so two. many of them are, yeah, are, are controlled. But you're right, they, they do have some older guys. And again, if you're rebuilding and someone's making you an offer, uh, and you say, Hey, I can get this prospect, but then also, you know, sign this veteran really cheap that I, I end up with the, with the same amount of talent in my bullpen. 
And I also get a prospect that I've had my eyes on. So, you know, half the half of the relievers are a little bit older, and maybe those guys aren't around. And then then the younger guys maybe are around. I don't even um, think they're going to be. They've around. got a long way to go. To I was going to say they 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 better hope they're still around. They better hope that but they like, prove that they belong to still be around. Is I guess my point there. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. And then the, the other thing I was going to say, not to rain on everyone's parade, but holy oh, cow, the offense sorry. on the road. What is going on? I think someone cursed the bats. I think um, there's some witchcraft, some wizardry, some shenanigans happening on the road. I What is happening? It's so horrendous. I don't understand, which is like they usually do pretty good on the road. I know the course field hangover and I've never seen them do this bad on the road. So that's also frustrating because also like what's going on? Like, why can't the bats wake up on the road? What is this hitting slump that they seem to be in whenever they leave course field? It's just, I just, I don't know. Your eyes it's don't so deceive old. you. Your eyes don't deceive you with being the, the, the worst team uh, the Rockies have had away from home. Now I don't, I don't have the updated uh, numbers after, um, today's uh, two rough outings, but going into the day, they were batting 203 on the road. So they are most certainly batting under 200. Uh, previous worst was oddly enough, 2018, their last postseason uh, uh, appearance. Uh, they're bat- they batted 225 on the road. So it's a, it's a good amount of ways actually to below that. To be, they, they had a winning record on the road that year, which is, is interesting. But again, they had a pretty good bullpen um, and great pitching but yeah the have you guys ever seen a road a team like this that's so bad on the road with the rockies i don't i can't think of anyone that has any team in the past that has done this bad on the road oh yeah, yeah. i've seen the rockies do this before not for a full season but yeah the, the for for a couple of months be this bad on the road yeah if this goes for the full season i can't think of it then no yeah no you're then you're no. right i think i oh, think yeah, yeah. i think in a way that's a hard question for us to answer in a way michaela it's a great question because for any other team, uh, if you're a fan of any other team or if you're uh, covered any other team uh, in media, you look at the Rockies and you go, yeah, this is this is most definitely the worst road team I've ever seen or, or, or very close to it. But because the Rockies have typically have had these challenges, it's not that far of a stretch. Um, and so, yes, yeah, statistically, it, it, it does play out as as the worst right now. Um, and I, and I do think that it, it really will continue. I don't know if it'll be that bad, but I don't think it's going to get that much better, but compared to previous seasons, you go, it's not that much worse because the Rockies always are dealing with that, that course field hangover. And it's, it's sad to say that it kind of becomes the norm, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always been a thing again. I I'm old enough to remember when this team's best hitter was Clint Barmas for a couple of years there, right before (laughs) that next wave of guys came around and um, you know, they really, really could not hit on the road and you know, things would go differently was the league as stacked back then, but you know, there was a little bit more parody where you didn't have these super teams and then other teams that are tanking, like the the makeup of the league is quite a bit different. And that's why I'm curious to see how it will go because the Rockies are, as we're about to see, going to run into other teams that are terrible. That's been a part of their road woes. Uh, I think my mother was in here earlier talking about the Mets have been one of the best home teams in baseball this year. So yeah, the Rockies being the worst road team in baseball so far and the Mets being the best home team in baseball, or at least in the National League so far this year. Plus, as Patrick mentioned, you hit... DeGrom and Stroman, we know when they've been going on the road early in the season, been a lot of L.A. and San Diego and how good those teams are. So eventually you're going to go on the road to Pittsburgh and 
Miami and Cincinnati and a few of these other places. And that's a big part of why, again, I think it's it's not that the Rockies are going to be so much better, but you're not going to face the quality of competition all the time. There are more teams in baseball that are apparently just as terrible as the Rockies, as we learned today. So if you if you, if you look at OPS uh, as as a marker, now we're really talking about, again, this 2021 squad going into today, it's gone even lower. Their OPS has been 576 on the road so far. And their previous worst was in 2014 when they had that worst record where they only won 21 games on the road. It was 636. So that's a that's a substantial jump down. A um, lot more games left to play. But so far, Michaela, your eyes are not deceiving you. I'll say that. Yeah, I mean they they've they've been that bad on the road, but in stretches, have I seen it? Yeah, and I and I'll take the over on those numbers. I, I'll expect them to beat that. <laughs> it's it's very easy to take the over on that. It's it's kind of like watching Elias Diaz hitting 054 for the first month of the season and go look, that's terrible, and he might end up being a bad hitter, and he might just not have it, but he's gonna raise that batting average. He's not gonna end the season hitting 054. You know, and since then he's gotten some some base hits and. It's just the nature of the game. So, and that being said, I think Mikhail and I are probably on the same page. If you had to, if you had to bet today, hundred losses, yeah. Still, still no. I'll, I'll still take that bet. Ooh, yeah. Okay. I admire, uh, I admire your optimism, Drew. I need to learn how to. Nothing to do with optimism. Nothing to do with optimism. Just about reading the tea leaves. I just don't think they lose 100 baseball games. I think it's way harder to lose 100 baseball games than most people realize. Uh, you almost have to be trying. And they're not going to try. So the one caveat I've always had on that is if Story gets traded or seriously injured, then I think you can lose 100 ball games with this team. But I don't think that's happening. So. Nope. Let's see what happens now in Pittsburgh as they go off again to play somebody who's not uh, one of these teams that they've got to face, you know, a couple of superstar pitchers. They, the Pirates don't have any of them. So it'll be interesting <laughs> to see how the offense does in a set like that out there in a slightly more neutral environment. Um, we'll keep our eyes on it. We'll have, of course, the series wrap for you as we always do on Sunday afternoon and or evening, depends on how long that game goes. Make sure you're hanging out with us on the social media at Patrick B. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at Michaela E. Perkins, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You got to subscribe to the DNVR.com so you don't miss out on any of the written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks, a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. And you get access to the Discord channel where you can be chatting with us 24-7 about the Colorado Rockies or anything else, really literally anything else in the world you can come and chat with us about on the Discord channel. Uh, you also, right now, when you get the annual subscription, we'll send you a free shirt from the DNVR Locker and a free holistic stick from our friends at Holistic Wellness. Check them out at H-O-L-I-S-T-I-K wellness.com. You can also use promo code DNVR30 to get 30% off once you've already gotten your free holistic stick. We thank you all for continuing to hang out with us, despite the fact that the Colorado Rockies continue to not score any runs on the road. We appreciate you all for being absolutely awesome baseball fans. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons, Michaela Perkins, and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.